And now, live, it's time. Which team, by colors alone, is identifiable around the world? It's time for the JT the Brick Show. Which team, by slogan, commitment to excellence? On Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. Just win, baby. All those things are the Raiders. Here's your host, JT the Brick. Out of the gate, JT with you on a very busy day, real busy day, as we open up the show on Raider Nation Radio. 920 brought to you by PT's Tavern as they are loaded up here in August. Remember, you can order your favorite PT's food online, delivery and pickup options available at PT'sTavern.com. And stop by PT's Taverns to join the best rewards program in town. New True Reward members receive $10 in free play slot play when they earn 20 base points. And as we always tell you, the best happy hour in town. I was there last weekend. It's amazing when you can go happy hour and get half-price drinks in Vegas. Have you been on the Strip? Have you been on the Strip and ordered a cocktail lately? On the Strip. What, what does an average beer or a vodka soda or some type of drink cost on the Strip? Anybody? Bueller? You go into PT's, you get your mojo on from 5 to 7, midnight to 2. Drive responsibly. But they got the best beer specials, the best cocktail specials anywhere you wonder why they have 60-plus taverns because they have deals like this because they want more business and they take care of their customers. PTs, they fuel the monologue as they kick off the show. A lot I want to get to today. There's a lot of news happening. Again, Raider injury updates or not with the Raiders media availability very limited. I'll be in the building tomorrow, going in tomorrow to host the show, and we're going to have a lot happening tomorrow in the building, hopefully with some guests and some content that I'm going to uh, talk about tomorrow in the building. Today is a day I'm going to do something I've never done, never done in 25 years on the radio. So you hit the lottery if you're tuning in right now on the Raiders mobile app or you're listening on 920 AM. I've never done this before. Yeah, and I've been known for a cryptic tweet, and I can go off the reservation every once in a while. But this was, this was today what happened when I got up in the morning. I got up in the morning. Stephen A. Smith was on Jimmy Kimmel last night. We're friends. I texted him, congratulations. And he gets up in the morning, and he's on first take. My sons love first take, but they're not in the house. They're off at college. And they laugh, and they, they enjoy watching Stephen A. because they like how loud he is and how he could get his opinions out there. Then you have Skip and Shannon over on Fox. And that, that's usually never on in my world, but today I had it on. And then after that, Colin Coward comes on TV, and I'll throw out this disclaimer. I think he has, the, he has the biggest sports radio show by far in all of sports radio. He's very successful, very successful. I watch his show, and I look on, sometimes in amazement, but he has set the bar now as the biggest guy in all of talk radio. Not even close. With all due respect to Levitard, Dan Patrick, his show is what it is. You either like it or not, but it is successful, super successful. So I'm watching from the beginning of the morning up, and I'm kind of turning it on. I'm I'm working from home, so I got a couple of TVs in my home studio, and I'm watching this, and I'm noticing today that there was a lot of Charger love, a lot of Justin Herbert on the scroll, and Justin Herbert. Could he win the MVP, the MVP this year? Uh, Will the Chargers make the playoffs? And all of this stuff, and I'm sitting here going, here we go again. It's There's no mention there's no mention of the Raiders who I thought were better than the Chargers last year anybody remember the Raiders came in second place in the AFC West 
Does anybody remember that? And the fact that the Raiders almost beat Kansas City twice. I get I use the word almost with the Raiders often. They should have beat Kansas City twice. They slaughtered them in Kansas City. Slaughtered them. And they had the Chargers beat twice on a defensive play at SoFi. And they had first and goal at the four. Oh, that drives me crazy. Mariota, first and goal at the four for a walk-off. The only thing you can't do first and goal at the four is kick a field goal in overtime. It's the only thing you can't do. Because if you kick a field goal, the other team has a shot to win the game. And believe it or not, that happened. And first and goal at the four, they couldn't get Mariota in the end zone. That, to me, was probably the most difficult moment that I saw live inside Allegiant Stadium. And, man, I saw a lot. I was one of the few people in the building last year, period. And the other one was Ryan Fitzpatrick getting his helmet ripped off, throwing a sideline bomb, connecting as the Dolphins beat the Raiders. Oh, my God, how could that happen? That, that happened at Allegiant Stadium. So I'm watching today, and Colin Coward came up with his AFC predictions for the year and his playoff predictions, and it was an absolute love fest for the Chargers, and I understand why. He's based in L.A. He gets invited into the Charger draft, and that's his world there, and that my world's the Raiders. I'm inside the Raider building. I'm inside outside the door of the Raider draft, so I get that. I'm not going to say that when you're there, but there's no conversation about the Raiders. And the Raiders, he put up at 7-10, and 10, which, hey, man, Vegas got the Raiders' win total at 7.5. So if he's under, the Raiders doing that. But the point I want to make is there is now no time in Raider history, no time in Raider history from the birth of the franchise in 1960 to the moves to 2021 about to open up at home at the Shrine Allegiant Stadium Has there been more Raider haters in the media than right now? Right now is the tipping point. If you read Malcolm Gladwell, this is the moment in Raider history where the Raider haters are out there. Dude, there are Raider fans who are Raider haters. Let me get really raw with you as we open up the show. If you go on Facebook and and, and the Raiders put up happy birthday John Gruden, happy birthday to the coach, an amazing human being, love the guy. If you read the responses, and you look at people that are named Raider Bill, Raider Fred, and they say things negative about the coach on his birthday. You have Raider fans who, who are saying, and they're, they're looking at the team, worst case scenario. So it triggered me today. My wife said, what's the problem? What are you doing? I say, I'm going to do it. I'm, I'm done. I'm going to do a show today on who's the biggest Raider haters out there now. Name names. Who are the biggest Raider haters in media? Okay. That's the topic. Let's see if we can go with it. Because it's still summertime radio for others. Summertime radio where everybody's tuning in for a gift box or a T-shirt. I don't do that. I have people turn, tune into my show because they want to talk Raiders hardcore. And if not, I move to baseball. I move to the NBA because I do a talk show here. I didn't agree to do two hours of Raiders radio every day. I'm on Raiders radio, but I'm talking about the biggest headlines of the day. And most of it's going to be the Raiders, but not all of it. So today, you know, I took my dog for a walk. I'm thinking about this. So I go, do I really want to go there? I said, yeah, the hell with it. Because the lack of respect, I'll give you a couple. There's a couple of radio hosts who are national who can't pronounce Yannick Ngakwe. They have no idea that Trayvon Merrick was ever drafted by the Raiders. They don't even know that Gus Bradley's the defensive coordinator. What they do is they go into their draw They go into their files, and they just use the typical Raider hate. 
John Gruden traded away Khalil Mack. Oh, the Raiders from Al Davis to Mark Davis. They don't have any content, so they don't know what the Raiders have done. I don't have a problem with people picking against the Raiders and saying the Raiders aren't going to make the playoffs. I'm having a difficult time finding the Raiders in the playoffs with 17 games. But I know the Raiders have upgraded the roster. I think they're a better team. I know they're much better on defense. I mean, come on. And that's not the narrative that you're getting. Maybe Lewis Riddick, who used to play for the Raiders, he's now doing Monday Night Football. He mentioned the Raiders last night when Steve Levy previewed week one at Allegiant Stadium. But you know what I'm talking about. Most guys who are on NFL radio or they're on ESPN or Fox, they don't do any homework on the Raiders. They just go to the same tired responses about why they think the Raiders are flawed, Gruden's record since he's taken over, and they don't know the details about what they're trying to do to get better. I think you'd all agree with that. That's not homerism. That's just me calling it the way I see it. And then you have people who work for the Raiders or Raiders Radio here. I mean, you got your boy Q, you got Clay Baker, Mike Pritchard, you know, Vinny Bonsignor. We're not going to go on the Raider flagship and predict four wins. We're just not going to do that. We're not going to sit here and trash the coach or the owner because this is our jobs and our careers. We take the high road. But the shows could be very, very critical of the team. First and goal at the four. How come the defense isn't lined up right? What's the problem with the players who have been drafted at a very high level that are vastly underachieving and not living up to the hype? That's how you be transparent. I got open phone lines, 702-365-9200. But I wanted you to let it out today. I wanted you to let it go and use some names here on the show. Who are the biggest Raider haters in the media right now? You don't have to hate the person. We don't root for hate. We want everybody to get along. But they're tired act. They're just crashing down on the team every day. They have no content at all to back up anything they say unless they're in a three-hour coffee meeting with bagels before the show and their writers are writing something for them to read. I mean, Derek Carr is even mentioned now. All these shows, they put up quarterback graphics, Jameis Winston, Justin Herbert, Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, Patrick Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers. No mention of Derek Carr. When was the last bleeping time you turned on the radio nationally or turned on television nationally and saw any mention of Derek Carr? Anybody, tell me when. Unless his brother's talking about him on NFL Network. Which is great for Derek because Derek, this has got to motivate Derek. It's got to motivate Derek that the media believes that Justin Herbert is not better than him already, that he's much better than him. Fact, not fiction. The media believes that Justin Herbert is much, much better than Derek Carr. The ceiling is off the charts. He already had a big year last year, and they're already crowning this guy as an MVP candidate. You know, no conversation about maybe sophomore slump. You know, maybe this year he won't play as good as last year. You know what I mean? All of that. No respect at all. When was the last time you heard someone talk about Max Crosby on SportsCenter? Or when someone's debating Dan Arzlowski or someone, Marcus Spears or Booger McFarlane are talking on TV. They don't even mention the Raiders, who won eight games last year, completely upgraded their defense, are bringing back Derek Carr, Josh Jacobs, Kenyon Drake, 
Darren Waller, Henry Ruggs III, Hunter Renfro, Brian Edwards, Zay Jones. Can't even mention it? No mention at all. What, every time you're going to mention the Raiders, you're going to put up a picture of Chucky, John Gruden, and say John Gruden has him into the playoffs in this long? Nothing fresh, no meat on the bone. So again, I got one caller on hold, one of the biggest topics I can bring up. Wake up and get involved in the show. Who is the biggest Raider hater out there in media? Could be local guys. Man, there's some dirty secrets in this town. There's some people on radio in this town that smashed the Raiders, hated the stadium, didn't like the stadium, ripped on it, and don't like the Raiders, but they're, they're not going to talk about it all the time. So we got local, you got national, you got you know guys all over, writers, podcasters. I got news on a new podcast I'm doing. The podcasters are great because the podcasters can come in. Most people don't listen to their podcast at all. You know, a couple hundred people, but they can come in and drop bombs on the Raiders because they're not on the radio. They're not not on the radio. They're podcasting. And, you know, someday, maybe 10 years from now, podcasts will be better than radio. I don't know, but it isn't there now. So I threw that out to open up the show. We're not going after the Raider haters. We're just pointing them out. Who in the national media do you put on the Mount Rushmore? I told our program director, Q, by the end of the day, if we get some good calls on that, we'll put up the Mount Rushmore of Raider haters. And we'll tweet it out maybe with a Mount Rushmore graphic of the people that despise the Raiders the most. That'll get some traction. Because those individuals, there's Hall of of Fame voters that are on my list that, that rip clip branch behind the doors. There are a lot of Raider haters out there, man. There are a lot of them. So your opinion on that as I open up the show. Jeff Sherman will join us at 1245 as we look at the odds in sports and the NFL. 702-365-9200. You should have that in. JT Show, Raider Nation Radio, so you can just hit the number and get right through. 702-365-9200. Does the Raider Nation, are you ready to call out the Raider haters today? Might be some I don't know of. Maybe you know more than me on this. Nick in Long Island, where I was born and raised. How are you, Nick? JT, good. How are you, buddy? Real good, thanks. Well, you opened the show talking about Coward, and it reminded me last summer, right around this time, I called up screaming like a lunatic. You even were like, oh, i got to get you on. Get you your own show here, man. You're crazy. Because what happened was Coward predicted the Raiders to go 5-11. and 11. He said, mm-hmm. Sam Darnold and Drew Locke were better than Derek Carr. And look at us now. Sam Darnold in Carolina, Drew Locke, I mean, as bad as the Raiders' defense was, they looked like the 85 Bears against Denver last year, which leads me to Herbert. Herbert was impressive, no doubt about it. But let's be real here for a second. Granted, the last play of the game, the Raiders, the game they beat them. If Herbert was as good as they're putting him up there with Mahomes, he would have dropped 50 on that Raider defense last year. The Raiders should have swept the Chargers. Or a split, worst-case scenario, which they did, give or take, the, the overtime game that they blew. The Chargers went right down the field at the end of the game. But the Raiders actually blew a, a double-digit lead against the Chargers last year, too. So, Herbert, it's, it's a little uh, too early on that guy. His whole line isn't that great. The Chargers are a joke. All their guys get hurt every year. I'm not even we'll, – we'll be sitting here in December again. We'll be in probably second place again, whatever. But biggest Raider hater, that clown, that Josh Duval. I know uh, I'm on hold. You said national guys. Josh Duval is one of those Bay Area guys. If the Raider fans just ignore – Did we lose him? All right, Nick, I, I, I didn't know who you were mentioning there at the end. 
We just lost him, Bobby. Make sure the phone ghost didn't get him there at the end. 702-365-9200. Yeah, he mentioned Josh there at the end. Look, when it comes to Cowherd or other people who are super successful, bigger shows than I have, easy to say. No problem with that at all. And I have no problem with people picking against the Raiders. I just am calling out the people who aren't prepared to talk Raiders. You, in order for me to talk about Denver, I have to go on all these radio stations. That's one thing I do that you don't know about is, you know, when football season starts, I'm going to be on Baltimore's radio station at least once or twice the week of the Raider game. I'm going to be on in Denver with DMAC and Big Al and Brandon Cristal. They put me on the radio, and I have to talk about the Raiders and who the Raiders have, and I know there are other teams. Hosting the pre- and post-game show, i got to know who the depth chart is for the other team. You got some frauds on the radio. They they can't name four Raiders. If you said you can't m- mention Gruden, Derek Carr, Josh Jacobs, and Henry Ruggs the third, name five more Raiders. They couldn't do it. It's not their job. What they do is go to the low hanging f- fruit. They know they can agitate Raider fans by just denouncing them and disrespecting them. That's what they do. That's what they do. A uh, Charles in Kentucky. On the Raider flagship. Hello, Charles. Hey, JT. How you doing, buddy? Hey, doing well, real thank quick, you. I want to I want to say one thing about the Cleo Mack trade. John Gruden did not trade Cleo Mack away. That relationship was broke when he got there. When Reggie told Cleo you had to come in to get paid, and he didn't yep. pay the MVP of the defense. When he when you're the MVP of the defense, he should have got a raise there. As soon as they got off the ticket, there. As soon as they got off the plane from the Houston loss in the playoffs, Mack should have been. Reupped, and they didn't do it. Gruden could not fix that situation. I'm so sick of hearing that Gruden traded away Mac. He did and not Joel Siegel, want to trade Mac. And, and let me just say, Joel Siegel, his representative, who is a mercenary, does a great job, great agent in regards to money. Joel Siegel told Khalil Mack not to go to Napa. I was there. He told him not to go. If Khalil Mack would have shown up without a contract, worked out, and met Gruden and hung out with Gruden, I think there could have been some headway there, but it was $60 million, $60 million cash in a signing bonus, $90 million. Raiders weren't going to do that at the time. It was unfortunate that they couldn't do it, and Gruden really believed that if his first signing was Khalil Mack, he would have had no money, no money to go out and build the team the way he wanted to. Now, Mack hasn't done much in the playoffs. Gruden hasn't got to the playoffs, so it's a bit of a wash, but I wish Mack was here. I wish, I wish they signed him. I'm a big Mack guy. Yeah, well, me too. And I, and I just want to say Mike Lombardi is the worst. And the reason I say mm-hmm. this is because most general managers who have worked with a team don't go back and bash the team and bash the coaches. It's unprofessional. Lewis Riddick don't do it. Uh, Pioli don't do it. But Mike Lombardi, if Gruden wasn't working, I don't know what that guy would do because every show he goes on, all he can talk about is Gruden. And thank God Gruden's working because what would the guy do? Uh, he told me two years or four years ago, he said Gruden, our car wouldn't be there after two years. Half the stuff he says is wrong. He does not even know what's going on inside the Raiders franchise, but he'll, he'll throw these false narratives out there and people bite on it. But it's, it's appalling to me that the guys even put on shows to talk about Gruden because he doesn't know Gruden. What Gruden must've really done something to the guy when they worked together. But yeah, Mike Lombardi was that. involved. I was with Mike when Mike, when I started with the Raiders and, Mike's got strong opinions. He's on VEASAN, and there is some bad blood issues with Mike and former executives of the Raiders, and 
you know, I, I, I don't mind. You know, Mike has a lot of opinions, and Mike gives a lot of opinions as a former GM. His book was really good, but I get what you're saying. I mean, he's not complimentary to the Raiders, and he has an analytical mind as a former GM, and he tries to frame his opinions on that. But, yeah, you have the right to bring up any of these guys you believe aren't kind to the Raiders as we speak. Right, but he did say that Gruden had a losing record, and I looked at his record. He's won 14 and won 10, and that's not you know great, but he did take Tampa Bay to three playoffs. He won a Super Bowl. He changed the Raiders when they were uh, – you know, he took the Franchovers back in 98, yeah. and they weren't very good. He took them to two division wins. And just imagine the thing about that is if, if Gannon doesn't go down against the Ravens and we don't have the tuck rule, Gruden could have had two Super Bowls there. It was just almost yeah. like bad luck for the guy. And so uh, the thought that people don't like Gruden, if you're a Raider fan, I did, we're not getting any better than Gruden. Gruden's a good coach. I, I just it, it makes me really frustrated that people yeah. don't like John. Yeah, thanks for the call. When it comes to this, I say this every time I have an opportunity to say this. John Gruden, to me, is a better coach than Tony Dungy. Tony Dungy couldn't win with a lot of good players. He couldn't win in the cold. He couldn't win in sub-40 degree. He couldn't. John Gruden came in. With a lot of Tony Dungy's players, he knew the plays that the Raiders were running in the Super Bowl. Right there, right there makes him a better coach than Tony Dungy. Right there, Gruden playing scout team quarterback the week of the Super Bowl in San Diego, knowing all the plays that Gannon was going to run, everything that Bill Callahan was going to do, makes Gruden a better coach than Tony Dungy. Period. And, And Tony Dungy, some people look at him as a god. Tony Dungy got in the Hall of Fame before Tom Flores. You don't think there's a media bias in Canton, Ohio? Tony Dungy and Bill Cower. Bill Cower got in with Coach Flores, but the year before. You don't think there was a media bias? Tony Dungy. Yeah, there's been some great things that Tony Dungy's done. I'm not saying he's a bad football coach. Gruden is right there with him. And I'll say the same thing about Andy Reid. Andy Reid could never win a bleeping game that mattered ever in Philadelphia. Couldn't do it. And now he goes to Kansas City with one of the best rosters in football. He's won one. I don't put Andy Reid as a better coach than John Gruden. Never. He never was. But he's hotter right now. I put Bill Belichick as a better coach than John Gruden. Jimmy Johnson. There's coaches better than John Gruden. All Gruden has to do is win one Super Bowl in Vegas. And it could happen in two years, four years. I don't know. He needs one. He walks right into the Hall of Fame. He walks right into Canton with a gold jacket with two. Period. No debate. You got to win two to get in. Tom Coughlin's going to get in. Mike Shanahan should get in. You get two, you get in. And that's why I'm passionate for, for John Gruden to do it. I hope he can do it. I hope he can do it. It's been a struggle to get the Raiders to the playoffs. Gangster Raider on the flagship. Go ahead. Hey, it's a whole lot of um, Raider haters in the media, especially um, that stool, Shannon Sharp. He's a number one Raider hater, but, you know, he used to play for the um, Donkey. So that's, um, that's you know, that should be given or whatever. But, you know, the whole ESPN, they hate on the Raiders. It seemed like like they give they, um, people a mandate or, or they send out a, a memo, like don't say nothing nice about the Raiders. If you do say something nice about the Raiders, you got to qualify it with some kind of qualifier to make it seem like, oh, they just, they just barely getting there. But – you know, it's, it's got to be like a backhanded compliment if you do compliment the Raiders. And like you say, Lewis Riddick is the only one on ESPN at all that, that shows us any kind of love. You know what I'm saying? That's because he's a former Raider, and I think he gets pulled in the back every time he does, so he knows he's stepping out on a limb when he does say something good about the Raiders. And also the whole little um, Good Morning Football um, show, 
that be on NFL Network, they hold little pansy panel. They always be hating on the Raiders, and they always be fanboying for Patrick Mahomes or that other um, quarterback that's in um, um, Buffalo. I can't think of his name right now. Josh the one Allen. That just got paid. Josh yeah, Allen. just Josh Allen. You know what I'm saying? They always be fan fanboying for them. And only one talk about, like you said, only one on NFL Network talk about us is um, Derek Carr's brother. You know what I mean? And uh, also on on even out here in L.A. on um, Network television, Jim Hill, they be hating. Just like when we um, played the Rams yesterday, all they did was show the Rams highlights. And then um, they showed that run with Funk Run, where Ram, I think he ran for like 17 yards. They didn't show any of our highlights. You'd have thought they won the game. You know what I'm saying? And all the local media here, it's, it's just it's disgusting. You should say, even, man, even though we were blacked out the Coliseum, I mean, not the Coliseum, the SoFi Stadium, um, they didn't show any of it. They tried to show little pockets of Rams fans where they was trying to be like us, pretending to be like us, but they couldn't be like us. They just a cheap imitation because we the real original Raider Nation. But it's 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 despicable out here to hate. That's why I'm kind of glad that you're doing this show because not only is it through national media, but especially here in L.A., it's it's a bunch of Raider hate. It's disgusting. That's why we ride so hard. I, I, I don't know. Did you, you was down here Saturday, wasn't you, J.T.? I know you saw I all the Raiders not. out no, here. No, we did. Uh, we did the pregame show uh, from M, so I wasn't able to get down there. I'm oh not yeah, traveling. that's right. Yeah, 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 yeah. But you missed it. it you would have been proud. I said it was like what seventy-five percent Raider um, crowd, and that's for a preseason game. If it wasn't preseason, it'd have been more than that. It'd probably have been like eighty-five, ninety percent Raiders. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But the the hate is despicable, and I, it's so it's always seem like it's a mandate coming from the executives. You know what I'm saying? So I know you, I know you know about stuff like that happening in media. Can you speak on that for me, JT? Yeah, right, again, look, again, I don't think, again, my, my point in doing this show today, because I woke up and I do my own show. I don't read Twitter and I don't, you know, interview people about Wi-Fi and burgers. I do a radio show every day. And the reason I decided to do this today is because I woke up and I saw a lot of love for Justin Herbert and no mention of the Raiders. I said to myself, I go, so they put up on, it wasn't first take. I think it was get up a first take. And they said, who are your sleeper teams this year in the AFC? It was Marcus Spears was there. There were a couple of panelists. And they two out of their three sleeper teams were the Denver Broncos and the Chargers. I said, wow, really? Denver? Drew Locke and Teddy Bridgewater, that's their sleeper team? And everybody drinks the Chargers Kool-Aid this time of year. Everybody. It just happens. I mean, this is, I've, I've seen this every year. I lived in San Diego eight years. And the Chargers literally never do anything. That's how you open up a show. Brought to you by Grimaldi's Best Pizza I Ever Had. Five locations. They are back for another full season. The $50 gift card. 702-365-9200. Who are the biggest Raider haters in media? Perkins will take the snap at his one. Quick slap off to the left and read perfectly by Nate Hobbs. Write it down right now. Number 39 is making the 53-man roster, Lincoln. Fred Musburger, the godfather. We know he is not anti-Raiders. JT, a -a one-of-a-kind show. I've never done this before. Who are the biggest Raider haters in the media, locally or nationally? Here because this to me is really at an all-time high. I think I'm pretty good on that objective. 
I am objective. I'm pro Raiders. Obviously, I've never apologized to anyone. Even the guys that try to get in my DMs and say, I'm a homer or I work for Mark Davis. Yeah, I work for Mark Davis. You, you want me to quit and go out and quit this job and go have a podcast and do that? How's that going to work out with two kids in college, right? It's not happening. I want the Raiders to win. I want them to win every year. And I, I'm pro-loyal to the Raider Nation, which that's who I have to live with. There are even Raider fans who are triggered on this topic. But again, we're putting together a list, and we'll have a graphic out after the show. Who are the biggest Raider haters out there as we continue with your phone calls? We have two big announcements next week on two new partners for football season. Two massive places to watch football where you can go uh, both on different sides of the strip that we're going to be promoting a lot because they're friends. I know the owners of the casinos and these properties coming in, and it's going to be a lot of fun. We'll tell you about that next week and a podcast announcement coming up. Let's go Stoner Dude. Stoner Dude had dinner with my wife and I at M at Raiders Tavern and Grill. How are you, buddy? Hey, hey JT. Uh, first of all, I, w- I want to say, yeah, that the M was a great place to see the game. There's a TV screen everywhere you go. You could not see the Raider game. And, yeah, of course, it was cool to hang out with you and break down the Raider game in real time with you. Uh, Nate Hobbs, you know, I've, I've been talking this guy up ever since uh, he was drafted. I, I thought he could be a dark horse. I was hoping because our defensive back room, we need help. And uh, he's a star. He's a star of the preseason, man. We all love watching number 39 run around out there. Talking about the haters, JT, I was in the Bay Area for almost 25 years. Every single day I would listen to the radio. All they did on KMBR was talk down on the Raiders, tear them apart. And you would think they were the home team, JT, the home team. They should be supporting the Raiders, but no. They love their 49ers, and they hate the Raiders, so I'm used to it. I always say, they're the hammer, we're the anvil. We love it. It makes the victories that much sweeter. And, you know, i got to wrap it up with a little rock talk, JT. I heard some music you opened up in this segment. Uh, you know, this last month, I lost the great uh, Robbie Steinhardt, one of my musical heroes with Kansas, the violinist, Dusty Hill from ZZ Top. And today, I wake up, and I find out the great Charlie Watts drummer for the Rolling Stones, man. Yep. You know, talk about hate. A lot of drummers hate on Charlie Watts, JT. You know, he wasn't a technician like Neil Peart or Buddy Rich. He wasn't an animal like Keith Moon or John Bonham. But, man, he was laid back. He had his own unique pocket and backbeat. Played for one of the greatest bands of all time. I've studied Charlie Watts my whole life as a drummer. Uh, he will be dearly missed. Age 80. Rest in peace, Charlie Watts. Thank you, Stoner Dude. He had a big influence on my life. I've seen double-digit Stone shows. I met my wife at a Rolling Stones concert. If Charlie Watts or Keith got sick that night, I never would have met my wife. I owe everything to the Rolling Stones. Rolling Stones were the gateway to the fate to me meet my wife in Vegas and married and having two kids. You know what Charlie Watts means to me. Rest in peace as we're playing the Stones. And the Stones have a backup drummer that will jump in who's brilliant. And he will go on tour with them, and Keith, obviously, and Mick will pick it up from there. Bree in San Diego on the biggest Raider haters in the media. Who do you got, Bree? Hey, I got to tell you, it's Mike Florio. And thanks for having me on, JT. Mm-hmm. You know, Mike Florio, ever since Derek Carr blocked him or whatever, he has nothing positive <laughs> to say. Every article that comes from him is how the Raiders are bad. That guy needs to go. 
Well, he's not going to go. He's an attorney. He's got a big brand. He's got a big podcast, a TV show, Pro, Pro Football Talk. is a website that I look at every day as I prep for the show. But I would agree with you, Bree. Not, not super Raider friendly. And uh, when there's, there is some negativity on the Raiders, it's the cover story, typically a pro football talk. I agree with you. Hey, thanks for having me on. Yeah, JT. but, I, you know, again, Mike Florio, I had on my show years ago. And, you know, again, I think I would hope that he respects what I've done over 25 years, and I respect Florio. It's just content I'm wondering. You know, Florio's different because Florio could go after the Raiders indirectly. There are people that don't even mention the Raiders. They don't mention the Raiders because they don't know the roster. They can't do it. It's just like talking NASCAR or talking about another sport like hockey. You notice there's a lot of sports talk radio hosts that won't mention hockey because they don't know it. So they avoid it and they hide. They don't, they don't study it and learn it so they can enhance their radio show. They just avoid it. Well, that's what happens with some of these guys with the Raiders. They can't tell you that Yannick Ngakwe was brought in with Casey Hayward and Trayvon Merrick was drafted. They, and Gerald McCoy is ready to go. They don't know this. They didn't hear it. They didn't hear it because they're not paying attention. Let's keep it going. 211 Steel Reserve on the flagship. Go ahead. What's up, brother? Whoever calls you a homer is tripping. You got to get in when you fit in. You feel me? And that's who pays your bills. That's who pays your bills, brother. Hey, um, so check this out. Out here in the Bay Area, man, this really struck hard, especially with these clowns at 95.7 The Lame. From the morning crew to the top crew, I remember uh, Joe Fortenbaugh, man, when the Raiders announced they were leaving, how he said he had Vegas insiders that were telling him they don't know how this is going to work or that it would even work at all. And he would clown us, man. He would talk about how he took his kid to his first Raider game on a Thursday night versus Chiefs, how his kid was decked out in Raider gear. And then all of a sudden, he just turns his back and just starts ripping us and clowning us. And he starts coming after the fans that would listen to the station, man. And even in the midday, you had that other clown up. I can't remember his name, man, over here on Night 5, 7, the Lane. Always constantly clowning, you know, dogging us out, taking mm-hmm. shots at the fans, man. And that, that one really hurt because that was the Raider flagship before we announced that we were going to leave. And they were dogging us out, saying it was bad for business, talking about the Raiders. And that, that really just struck a nerve with us, man, because right. there's a lot of us that really enjoyed that station. And uh, let me ask you a question, JT. Is anybody possibly thinking about since we're playing the Niners, going to bring on a pop out of the show and have an interview with him or anything at all out there on the station? Yeah, I've been friends with Greg a long time and uh, appreciate the call. Me, I, I, I don't go on Greg's radio show. He doesn't come on mine. Whatever anybody wants to do here. But, yeah, I, I really have no comment on that. Greg and I go back a long, long time through a mutual friend, my mentor, who passed away, and I wrote my book, The Handoff. There's a big chapter on Greg Papa and what he meant to me. Appreciate the call. Uh, 702-365-9200. When I worked on 95-7 the game, they came to me. They offered me a one-year deal on a contract. Everything went great. I I think I did some of the best local radio I ever did, even though the haters will disagree because I I wanted to talk Raiders. And I'll never forget the meeting where they called me in, called me in in the morning, and said, we don't want you to talk Raiders on the flagship. We don't want you to talk Raiders. Raiders. True story. How would I know? I was in the meeting on the Raider flagship. That's why I was a part of this launch in Vegas and consulted on because I knew how crappy, and I, w- I like being on that station. 95-7 the game put a lot of money in my pocket and gave me an expense account and flew me up there and put me up in the W for a year, 
and every I hosted the Derek Carr show when they went twelve and four. Derek won eleven games before the injury. I thought it was great radio, and the people who listened knew it was great radio. But it collapsed from within because the Raiders were leaving to go to Vegas, and they pointed at me, pointed at me like it was Stranger Things, and I was some type of robot that flew up to the Bay Area to help the team leave. It's a great story. 702-365-9200 as we continue. Jeff Sherman is going to join us here in a little bit. We're going to talk to him about what's happening with the moving lines in sports, especially win totals, uh, what's happening in baseball, the baseball odds that are out there. And we're taking your phone calls. we got a good topic today that's been on fire. I need a fire extinguisher to slow the roll on these phones. Who is the biggest Raider hater in the media nationally? This should fuel you today. I'll never do this show again. I'm doing this show now. And we want to hear what you have to say on this. 702-365-9200. Brazy in Vegas. Brazy, what's happening? Number JT, yeah, you know, uh, it's, everybody's a hater of the Raiders. Out there. I think they all got bullied by Raider fans when they were kids. You know, that, that other guy brought up, Florio, he's, he's number one. He can't stand it. You know, it, to me, Peter King's a big-time Raider hater, man. He'll, he'll come out, he'll do his little deal, but he's never got anything good. He's always going to think we're going six and seven, right? I can't stand him. And and I even feel, I, I cancel my athletic uh, subscription because I feel like, uh, uh, what's his name out there? The guys covering the Raiders today are Raider haters. You, you don't get a really any good insight. All you get is just, is just insight on what's going wrong, what's 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 bad, what's going to bad happen. And it's just ridiculous. So, you know, I, I think part of it is, right, Raider Nation, global, big brand. People talk Raiders to get to get eyes, to get clicks, right? The, mm-hmm. the clickbait, and that's why I love that. Like, I can still sell clickbait there. But but I, I think they talk about us because they know we're going to show up. But on the other part, I think you're right, man. It, they're all haters. They were all bullied by Raider fans as a kid, right? We were coming up, we were winning. Uh, I remember being in third grade and walking around taking bets on the Raiders versus Redskins with my little Raiders pack showing up on Monday collecting 25 cents, 50 cents, a dollar. So, you know, it, it's frustrating at times because of the bias and the hate. But at the same time, it just it just steal, uh, fuels what we are, right? We're the renegades, we're the outlaws. And so when we win, it's going to be that much sweeter. But it's yes. just win, baby. Enough of the talk, just win, baby. Thanks for the call. Brought to you by our good friends at Remy Martin, Team Up for Excellence. When was the last time you went to a bar, you saw the Louie behind the bar, you saw all the Remy bottles? Hey, next time you're in your favorite establishment, ask for a Remy Martin sidecar. I think you'll love it. Remy 1738 or VSOP in your cocktail. There's no other team I want to team up with than Remy Martin's line of cognacs. Remy Martin, team up for excellence. Jeff Sherman uh, from the Westgate on the history of the Super Contest and how to get in. And we'll talk about some season win totals. The NBA schedule came out. Win total set up there. Golf and the collapse. Now we have a new tournament, the BMW Championship. One of the best odds makers out there in the country. Jeff Sherman will join us next. Top of the hour. We'll get right back into the Raider Hater Show. One time only. We're looking to build the Mount Rushmore. Join us today. You got good opinions. I just shuffled. I saw one sit down and two kept going up the scene. So I just climbed. Um, 
I, I think it was the type of defense we play. I don't really think it was my play, but I just was trying to be a football player. And I saw the ball come at the quarterback hands. I ran to the receiver and I looked up. The ball was there, so I just grabbed it. <laughs> Nate Hobbs coming off a big game. It's a preseason game, but he's showing he could start and play and could have a big impact for the Raiders this year. JT, back with you. We welcome in Jeff Sherman, the VP of Risk Management at Westgate at Golf Odds is where you follow him. And, Jeff, as we begin, I followed you throughout the weekend with the golf and what happened at the Northern Trust when they delayed Sunday and Rom had the lead and then Finau won his second tournament coming from behind. What was the handle like on that from Sunday to Monday when they decided to pick it up again? It was very exciting. Yeah, it was tremendous. We had the extra day of wagering handle, so all day Sunday for the uh, outrights, fourth-round matchups, and had all that time. And even when they got to a playoff on Monday, we put up a playoff price with uh, Cameron Smith, a very small favorite, minus 110 and Finau even. But all the way throughout, it just gave us more of a shelf life and extra handle for it. I thought it was fantastic. It really was cool to watch. Jeff Sherman is our guest. We'll move into the BMW Championship with FedEx points and how – some guys on the back end got to win. They got to get up there. They're taking chances. They're flag hunting more. Who are some of the shorter odds here, and who do you like back maybe past 30-1? to 1? Yeah, Rom is a favorite, and he's got wide separation between him and a number two golfer behind him, and it's uh, been many years, almost Tiger-like what we've seen as far as this much of a gap where he's almost a $2 favorite against any other golfer in a matchup. And we see Xander Shoffley at 18-1 to 1 in a a host of golfers at 20 to 1 with Justin Thomas, Jordan Spieth, Dustin Johnson, Morikawa. Uh, and it's tough because this is a new course, and the PGA Tour has not played here at Owings Mills, Maryland, at Caves Valley Golf Club. Uh, so it's going to favor the longer hitter. I put the winning score up at 18.5 under par. Uh, and, you know, it's, it's going to be tough to, uh, to really get a, a good grasp on, other than how these guys are playing right now. So I think you can take some of that momentum. You saw what Cam Smith did last week. He did well going into the tournament, almost won again mm-hmm. like that. So uh, someone like him, I'm not saying he's going to win, but you look for matchups on guys like that that are showing consistency right now. Uh, Paul Casey, he's always a guy that comes to mind. Patrick Cantley is another one. Jeff Sherman is our guest. Follow him from the Westgate at Golf Odds. I wanted to ask you if there's been any change in the odds with Jameis Winston and the way he played last night. New Orleans fascinates me. If Michael Thomas was healthy and he would have had his surgery early and Jameis Winston in this league's thrown for 5,000 yards, and we know how good that defense is for New Orleans. Tell me about last night and if anything's changed with the Saints going forward. It didn't alter anything. We're still sitting at 40-1 to for the Super Bowl, and all other markets have remained unchanged. And part of it is because of all the teams that are ahead of them and our liability and the support that Tampa keeps getting and other teams in the NFC, NFC with uh, Green Bay, uh, the Rams, San Francisco. So there's just so many teams ahead of them in the pecking order that we're just looking to sell some, some tickets on them, and the public hasn't been too enthralled with them at this point. Jeff Sherman is our guest. One other team I want to mention, the Chargers, the love affair with Justin Herbert. Everybody thinking he's an MVP candidate. From an MVP perspective and the Chargers' win total, I mean, they're in the same division with Kansas City, the Raiders kind of had their number last year. Denver's going to get a little bit better. You see a lot of movement on the Chargers since we talked to you two weeks ago. Well, we were pretty aggressive putting their number up, and they're at 9.5 for their season wins. And uh, The only movement we've had on the Chargers is going from 40-1 to 1 down to 30-1 to 1 for the Super Bowl recently. But uh, they have been gaining a lot of support, a lot of momentum lately. And 
a lot of that has to do with Herbert and what the expectations are for him this year. Jeff Sherman. Jeff, I want to ask you about Dak Prescott. It's really difficult to get information. There's Cowboy insiders who aren't sure. Jerry Jones is the GM and owner. He's handling the topic. Clearly his shoulder isn't right. How could that affect the odds on the Cowboys at Tampa Bay for the first game of the year? Well, we did have Tampa Bay. We opened at 6.5, and and it got to 7. And then recently um, some of the groups out there laid the 7. So we're over 7 now, and you're seeing 7.5s on the market on Tampa. And it's just because of the information that you shared. And people not thinking that Dak is right. And we did lower the win total on Dallas from 9.5 to 9. So a lot of anti-Dallas sentiment showing up right now. Jeff Sherman's our guest. So the NBA schedule came out. You've been tweeting about it a lot. The nationally televised games, the opening games, the Christmas games. When we get to season win totals, Jeff, what was the toughest team or maybe two toughest teams that you've been analyzing outside the Lakers and the reigning champs, Milwaukee? Golden State's tough because of the late news on Clay Thompson where he's not expected to start the season but maybe show up around Christmas. So we made an adjustment to their win total. Nothing with their title odds because we expect long-term approach for them to be there. But uh, adjusted the, the opening day game with the Lakers minus 4.5 up to 5.5 against Golden State. And then win total, we would open 49.5, but we went 47.5 on the Warriors. And that's the one thing um, you have to look at is these long-term injuries. You're talking about Kawhi Leonard, Jamal Murray. When are they going to return? So we had to factor that in. The other one is the Damian Lillard situation, and will he get traded? So we had to relax our number a little bit on Portland from if we had thought he'd be there the whole season with any type of remote possibility that he could be traded. So we knocked Portland down a couple wins from 45.5 to 43.5. Jeff Sherman, as we wrap it up from the Westgate. Uh, Jeff, just quickly with the Dodgers and the Padres, the Yankees, Atlanta, the liability now on the Yankees. Did, did some sharp players go with the Yankees when they were in the tank? Because I was trashing them. They're my team. I wanted Boone fired. And I just didn't think they were good enough, even with Rizzo and Gallo, to get back in the hunt for the division. What's changed with the World Series odds and the division odds with the Yankees? Well, the Yankees were as high as 25-1, to 1, and we're currently sitting at 10-1, to 1, which is just outside oh. of a pack of teams at 8-1. to 1. So they've made a large improvement. But our guys here have been pretty aggressive with them. Uh, they looked at the schedule the rest of the way, and they thought they had a relatively easier schedule, and they can get back in this race. So we don't really have any liability. I know there's been bets around town on them, but we're mm-hmm. sitting a 10-to-1 on a good position on them. Hey, finally, the Super Contest, the gold standard. Jay Cornegay's vision with what you've done over the year, it's the best contest in the world for picking football games. Tell us about it now. How do the sign-ups look? I know there's a big push right before the start of the regular season. Where you at? Yeah, there's always a big push, and we did lower the entry fee from $1,500 to $1,000 a season. We're mm-hmm. currently sitting at 789 for the Classic, 28 for the Gold, 50 for the Reboot. So we've been seeing about 40 to 50 signups a day over the last week, and there's always this big push the last few weeks. So we'll get over 1,000, and uh, there's just momentum building for it. And plus, we have the Super Contest weekend this weekend with the golf tournament, and that'll draw a lot of crowds. Awesome. Thank you so much for coming on, Jeff. We'll talk to you in two weeks. All right. Thanks, JT. Jeff Sherman joining us. Appreciate that. Super Contest is the gold standard no matter where you're listening. If you come to Vegas, you want to pay $1,000, you pick five games against the spread. I've had friends who've won it. It's an incredible honor. You get a championship ring if you can win. You go to the Westgate and watch games and be in this contest. If you win the Westgate Super Contest, That is the highest honor you could have in sports football gambling. 
period. And there could be more with more money, but it's not the Westgate. Westgate's the first to do it. That's the gold standard, and we love to talk to Jay Cornegay and obviously Jeff Sherman. One hour up, one more to go. Let's get the phones going. Who are the biggest Raider haters in media? Fun show today, 702-365-9200.